first Monday of the year, if you will. I mean, it's last Monday, most of the world was off. So uh, people got through the week and here we are, first Monday. We get to see on the screen, which is great. Good morning. Monday, Monday. Good morning, good morning, good morning. Uh, first, a couple of housekeeping things. Shout out to Jay Katari, man. Bam. Yeah unbelievable way to end the week last week uh just a great first huddler in the hot seat started that segment off with a bang and you know just awesome stuff excited for that segment to continue to develop so this friday we'll have mr bill bonbreast who is uh the performance executive um vp of performance in tau hospitality so what, what do you think of that? I, I mean, love it. I, I want to know what that job is. Well, you know, he's been in the restaurant business for a while, and he's a guy who gets – it's all about experience. No matter what you're selling, you know, it's all about the experience you provide to the end user. And anybody that I say tau to, oh, my God, I remember I went to Vegas. I went uptown. I went downtown. And I went to Hong Kong. You know, it doesn't matter. They provide a first – quality experience the food may be good i don't know that the food is great but being there is awesome it's off the charts it's really awesome. really fantastic so he'll join us on friday so thank you jay katari i have to start out by saying thank you jerry seinfeld because <laughs> I, I couldn't breathe for, for it was very over. funny was he was funny. And for those of you that have not been to the Broward Performing Arts Center recently, it's just a great experience. I saw Fly Away Home there last year. Like when we were there again, it was great to see Jerry. But just like looking at what else was coming there, it's a great place to go spend a Friday night, date night, go. We ran into a ton of people there. I mean, wouldn't you know that, you know, Dabo Sweeney would be in the stands for Jerry Seinfeld on a Friday night. I was with Gary Carell, and I, I look at him and I go, look, when you look over your shoulder, Dabo Sweeney's standing right next to you. And I said, you know him from the Orange Bowl days. So, like, I could have reached out and said, hey, you know, I know Nick, and, but I let him do it. And then, you know what? Very gracious. He was really Crazy cool. Talked to people. Everybody came up for pictures. But it was a. I, I like that you brought that up. It was a really nice experience seeing the people sitting down. You got entertained, and then in and out of there like that. You know? Yeah, I mean, unbelievable. Jerry Seinfeld is sixty-eight years old. I looked this up because I wanted to know. I was like, he's banging two shows in a row. He went for a little over an hour, I think. Crushed it. Had everybody laughing. Was full of energy. They clear the house out. They bring everybody back in. And he did another show at 930. It was to see him doing what he did at 68 was uh, empowering. Wait, 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 wait. I have to jump in here for a second. Steve, yes. help me out here. Okay. Why are you surprised that at 68 he could still do that? I have worked with people in their 70s who are sharper, better. Like, I think that's so curious like i love that you said i don't think that. it's the norm like, that's why. why 
I don't think it's the norm. I, I don't I think high performers and special people do it at 68, 73. Like I was fortunate to be able to see Stevie Nicks last year. Stevie Nicks is in her 70s and full of passion, full of energy, and some of what we're going to talk about today. But I don't think that's the norm. So to see somebody do it and embody it, to me, that is affirming and is the, you know, that's that's the motivation to go, right, that's why I'm chasing my passion. That's why I'm doing what I'm doing at 35, 36, because I got 30 years in front of me. I'm doing so this for 30 years. So, so Lori, it's a great question. I don't question the age that he can do it physically because he keeps right. in shape and he looked great. Being relevant, his content was absolutely relevant because he came from a 68-year-old perspective. He talked about social media. He talked about food. His shit on raisins was the funniest He did an thing. entire yeah, bit on raisins and that I don't was want, hilarious. I don't want to belabor it, but I'm just saying. Uh, and she's gone. And we lost. <laughs> I don't want to belabor it, but well, I'm belaboring it. <laughs> but I don't care what age you are. Sometimes you're relevant. There are young people who are not relevant. So I just think that the age part doesn't have to do with it. I think it's his. We talk about this all the time. It's about a mindset. And he right. happens to have that mindset. Regardless, I, I don't think he happens to. That, and that's that's where I he disagree with you. I don't think he, he happened to do anything. If you study Jerry, his discipline to his process and writing jokes and what he's that's developed right. in his career is that's well, why. But to well, me, the more, the more things I find that affirm that, I love. What he talked about was during the pandemic, he got together with some other comedians. They wrote a movie. Right. <laughs> yeah. like, that's coming out on Netflix. So it was like... You know, the, the whole, and, and the movie, imagine this, the movie is about Pop-Tarts. It's unbelievable. Yeah. And he sold it so well at the end. I was like, oh, I'm in on this movie. Oh, I'm so <laughs> in, Are you kidding me, man? Oh, two pieces of pastry. Uh, two slots in the toaster. <laughs> you know, it's just unbelievable. So good. So good. We got a great show today. We got, uh, we're going to get interesting perspective from Lori and from Mark, but we cannot start any huddle without waking up. So I know that when Lori's on, we don't generally talk sports. We try and keep it out of the sports realm. But you got to just say congratulations to the Dolphins. Yeah, what a game. What a game. Was that a game? That's that wasn't game. even a game. I was there. I was like, all right, can somebody put some points on the board here? It's like it's halftime. Crazy. But the point I want to make, so playoffs are set. Um the Bills game was insane because the emotion that built up to it, everybody in the NFL was wearing number three somewhere, somehow. But for the open, the opening kickoff to be returned by the Bills, 
hadn't been done by them in four years. Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> so, three years and so such and such. It's so funny. yeah, I, I want to bring up one point, and that was Ryan Clark, who I love. Ryan Clark last Monday night was on and for the whole week was talking, but he posted this on Instagram and he said, you know, he truly brought a world together in one of the most divisive spots we've been in as a country. We are divided. Monday was a night. It didn't matter if you were blue, black, white, brown, or yellow, male or female. We boom, we all came together. And so I don't know about you, but the power of prayer and the stuff, I mean, I think it just totally is amazing what this week did for us. Yeah, you know, it's it's a shame that it takes an event like that for it to happen. You know, we talked a lot about it in church yesterday. You know, when you remove yourself out of the equation and you stop making yourself the center of the focus and you make somebody or something else the center of your focus, look at what happened. So everybody stopped worrying about themselves for a minute and worried about somebody else that was in a situation that wasn't, you know, that wasn't a great one. And look at the way people came together and did some great things over $7 million for his fund. He's uh, had an unbelievable recovery. So just great stuff. Lori, any comments? No, I think, you know, for me, this whole thing also makes me think about, you know, the players that, that get back on the field, right. Knowing that something like this could happen to them, I think is pretty powerful too. Um, so I call that, you know, courage. So I, I just think I'm sure there, there's probably not too many of them that got on the field, not, not thinking that somewhere in the back of their head at some point, but you got to push it out. I, I totally, totally agree. Uh, the final point I'll make about football is you talk about mindset. You talk about doing it because it's there to do kudos to Dan Campbell, man, because that team balled and beat Green Bay in Green Bay. I think that's the accomplishment of the year, man. Yeah, shout out to Dan Campbell and the Lions. It's super cool to see them have success, to see him have success. Them And, that, you know, I, 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 sent the, I sent the text to Jake and to Aiden because both the Dolphins and the playoffs are and the, and the Giants are in the playoffs this weekend. It doesn't matter. That's F what everybody says. You're in the playoffs now. So it is playoff week, and you got an opportunity to go beat a football team. And I think, you know, you've seen it time and time again throughout the year. Anything is possible on any given Sunday. I would say this, if the Dolphins plan on walking into Buffalo with Skylar Thompson, there is no chance that they win that game. But hopefully we're able to get healthy, get some guys back on the field and make a run. You you can't believe the the tee-up this is. Lou, a huddler from the you know from way back, talks about grit. grit. And wouldn't you know that that's what today's topic is? So give me motivational music because you're going to hear it through the grapevine, and then we're right into Angela Duck.
one second before we roll on. Got to give a shout out to Matt DiGregorio. Had a call with him on Friday. He put out a great video on Friday after I called. Got a ton of traction on it. So, like, kudos to you, Matt. Like, we had the conversation. You went and acted on it immediately. Well done. And then Jake Ataru says, best music ever. I just watched The Offer, which for those of you who stream Paramount, The Offer is the story about how Paramount created The Godfather and Al Ruddy and all that went into the actual creation of The Godfather. I'm hands down and I wish I was lived in the 70s. Like it's the greatest time for music, greatest time for movies, like the style that was in that show. I was just like, Gabby and I were talking about it. 70s is the time. Yes, it was the best music. And so um, TED Talks are a way that you hear content through the grapevine. Uh, Angela Lee Duckworth did a, a, a report. Um, it's about West Point, whatever. I want to give you a little bit of her TED Talk and then I want to talk about what makes people successful. So I left the classroom and I went to graduate school to become a psychologist. I started studying kids and adults in all kinds of super challenging settings. And in every study, my question was, who is successful here and why? My research team and I went to West Point Military Academy. We tried to predict which cadets would stay in military training and which would drop out. We went to the National Spelling Bee and tried to predict which children would advance farthest in competition. We studied rookie teachers working in really tough neighborhoods, asking which teachers are still going to be here in teaching by the end of the school year? And of those, who will be the most effective at improving learning outcomes for their students? We partnered with private companies asking, which of these salespeople is going to keep their jobs? And who's going to earn the most money? In all those very different contexts, one characteristic emerged as a significant predictor of success. And it wasn't social intelligence, it wasn't good looks, physical health, and it wasn't IQ. It was grit. Grit is passion and perseverance for very long-term goals. Grit is having stamina. Grit is sticking with your future, day in, day out, not just for the week, not just for the month, but for years, and working really hard to make that future a reality. Grit is living life like it's a marathon, not a sprint. Wow! Bang. Bang. Uh, Lori, jump in first. I couldn't agree with her more. Um, in every situation that I have seen, it's not the smartest person IQ-wise that has become successful. It is, it is absolutely about that perseverance, keep going, getting through the obstacles, right, um, and hard work. To me, grit is about, you know what, if it takes 24 hours a day sometimes to get there, then that's what I got to do. Um, and I think sometimes that's the thing that's missing today. Um, but just my opinion. I don't, I don't want to make there a we conversation. Go. I'm not there. That's what I was waiting for. That's what I was waiting for. It was that little, that's what we're missing today. So if, and I agree with her a thousand percent, right? Grit and perseverance. It's the ultimate, it's the ultimate thing that creates success because it creates longevity. But okay. 
how then, if we know that that's what the thing is that's going to lead to success, how do we, number one, identify it in people? And then number two, how do we train it and develop it? Because that, to me, was always where my mind went. If I was looking at the best football player in the country, right, it wasn't going to be about what his talent level was. It was going to be about how do we develop grit and perseverance in him? How do we train the things we need to train in the, in the individual and in the team in order to be able to create success? And I'm hoping that one of you is going to say you can't do it. Well, oh, I so, believe you can. So, so here's, so this study is great. And I love reading the research and especially at West Point because you know, they said it wasn't cognitive, it wasn't physical, it was the ones who were willing to endure the pain to get to the end. But here's the fascinating part. For West Point, people said, I want to be in the military, I want to do that. So they were focused on the goal. And for them, the goal was aligned. For a lot of people, you know, understanding that if you don't have goal alignment, you can't have grit. Yeah. Grit is telling you, I'll do anything to get there, but if you don't really want to be there, there's no fake out. There's, right. your, your mind and body will not. You can't you fake do. passion. You, you can't, can't fake passion. Thank you. That's either, what it either matters to you or it doesn't. You can't fake it. I agree with you. But as someone who spends her career in education and teaching workforce skills and entrepreneurship and all that stuff, I absolutely think that if we can evoke those feelings in our young people that they will, it, you know, it's kind of like the, the endorphins get released and they go, Oh, wait a minute. I want to feel that again. Right. When we are teaching them and they're running real companies or they're solving real business case challenges and they're working in teams, our education system. And unfortunately, in my opinion, just my opinion for the most part is not giving students opportunities to experience that, that feeling of passion and wanting to go after it. It might be that project, but if I know what it feels like, right, I'm going to want it again and again and again. So I think we need to start young teaching our kids and giving them experiences that they learn that grit and they develop that passion for whatever they're doing, whatever interests them. It's why I loved football. It's why I promote football for young people. Like I understand the risk to what happens in playing football. Now understand the bigger the bodies, the faster, the higher the risk, right? Like the opportunity for extreme um, injury is much less with smaller people and slower people. And, you know, so the younger you are, the less you know risk there is for that while there's still risk involved. But what it teaches you is that you have to overcome the physical discomfort. There, there's physical. It's not normal to put your body on somebody else's body and try to bring them to the ground. It's not normal. You have to overcome the mental and physical challenges that go along with that. That if you teach that at eight years old, that person is far more likely to apply that skill into yeah. other aspects of their life. So you could say that with all of sports. But it tends to be physical sports like hockey or like football that are very, you know, contact based, that it's different than playing baseball. I played baseball. I played basketball. I played football growing up. That mental resilience, that perseverance that you're trying to train comes from those kinds of scenarios. So, so here's where I land. 
for me, it was very obvious when I went to college that college was in my back. Like I knew I wanted to go the lane of betting on myself and getting myself mentally prepared to be in a revenue development role. I knew that for a lot of people, they don't know. And it's like kind of frowned upon to try shit. You know, once you find it, I think grit is much easier to attain. I was, it was never easy for me, but I knew where I wanted to go. I was very driven to that point. And like the thought of me staying in an office, being a doctor or a lawyer or an accountant, staying in an office every day and looking at papers out. No, no, thank you. I would, so, you know, it says it here, and this is so key. Even Duckworth, who did the report, meandered a bit in terms of her professional goals, going from consulting to teaching to psychology. Psychology is where she landed. Bang, that's where grit and passion take over. But until you find the right goal, and I think this is what we need to teach people, find the right goal. The find goal the right is purpose. go to college and get a job. The goal is not to, oh, you you work for a big firm, you go to school, you get a job. You know, I think a lot of kids are graduating, getting a job at some of the, the big five accounting firms, and they're miserable. No, you know? We know that they are. And, but that, to me, is a product of the system, right? Like the school system what? that I grew up in was developed off the factory system. It, was, it, wasn't, it wasn't built for the world that we live in where there is opportunity to create a business at the snap of your fingers by creating content online. You have access to people, you have access, you have a platform. You know, we talked about this in church yesterday, whether you like it or not, you have a platform. You can choose to use it or you can choose not to, but everybody's gifted with a platform now. It was not the case 30 years ago. So the world that we live in has so far evolved away from the system that the, the, the education system is built around, that it doesn't match. And so you have people coming out that are very ill-prepared for what the world is actually looking for because no organization wants a factory worker anymore. Unless you're going to go work in the Amazon production line and you're going to oversee the packaging, there's very few roles that are looking for people to just fit into a cubicle at this point. I think that's all well said. Any final words, Ms. Salarillo? Welcome back there, lady. No, I just, again, I, I think Mark and I are on the same page. We got to start giving our kids young, when they're young, whether it's through sports, whether it's in our classrooms, whether it's experiences like JA or other programs. I'm not promoting JA. My point is we've got to you give are them that. Yes. <laughs> as you should be. As you well, should but be. I mean, no, I mean, there are other programs that do it as well. I'm just I just happen to know that one. But we've got to, you, you know, once you feel something, that excites you, you want to feel it again, right? When you win on the football field and as an eight-year-old, you want to feel that feeling again of winning, right? So, and getting that touchdown, if it's you personally who gets the winning touchdown, you want to feel that again. You got to, we got to give people experiences and we got to stop babying them and making them think that hard work doesn't matter. One one shout out. Really, really well said. But by the way, that's why speakers who have done it are more popular. They can talk about their experiences like, hey, I did this and here's what it took for me to do it. You think it was a straight path. You know, it was not. It was all over the map, you know, to that road to success. So you're right. 
when you share experiences and can give people insight into what you do and how you've done it, that's the roadmap. Not, hey, just go to school, get a job, get married, have two kids, and then be missed. Shout out to Reese Witherspoon, who wrote a children's book about being an entrepreneur. Like, there's a book that we read to Jules that is about a little girl who comes about creating a dog washing business. And so it's a book that you can read to your kids that helps instill an entrepreneurial mindset around creating a business, around doing the things that she liked to do. So there's, it is happening. There are people that are trying to be the supporters for it. So we just got to keep pushing. Persevere, guys. It was a very nice crowd this morning. Hopefully we uh, helped you kickstart your week. And just to throw it in your face, Happy New Year, everybody. <laughs> Let's get down to business. Let's go. Mama, please don't worry about me. I'm about to let my heart speak. Friends keep telling me to leave this. So let's get down, let's get down to business. Let's get down, let's get down to business.